Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 84. The list of five, the key to living a beautiful life. On occasion, I have been with a Christ follower who leaves me thinking, I want to be like this person. At other times, an entire community of Christ followers has left me inspired and encouraged. The gospel-centered life displays a beauty that is compelling. I appreciate the following words written by Biola University President Barry H. Corey in a document entitled The Ethos of Biola as a Confessionally-Centered University. Quote, Holding to our center with resolve does not mean we are harsher, or meaner, or more competitive. Quite the opposite. Holding firmly to our center frees us to be more loving and generous as we share in the glorious wholeness of a gospel-centered life. I'm not saying that by being centered we have no boundaries. We do. By boundaries, I mean we have clear theological perimeters. These doctrinal statements are our boundaries. But our will, well, is God's Word, or Christ as God's Word made flesh. We should be here because within our boundaries we love the beautiful vision for life our sinner calls us to. I was in my 20s serving as a minister for a small church in Middle Tennessee. We had no church building, but instead leased a former convenience store on the edge of town. On a good Sunday, we might have 70 people. I was a young man, a young husband, and a young minister with so much to learn. Yet in this little church, I did learn that Jesus could redeem the brokenness in our lives. There were sweet moments when I saw some of these people display a certain beauty, living in ways that reflected love and generosity to others. There were also moments when we seemed to display our unredeemed brokenness. Those occasions were not pretty and could be such an unpleasant sight. Only Jesus can make us a people who display gospel-centered beauty. Corey reminds us of the importance of the center of the gospel. In fact, holding to this center actually frees us to be more loving and generous as we engage one another in the world. We are called to hold to the very center of our faith, Jesus who died, was buried, and rose again. This center will stand the test of time. And as we cling to the center, we are called to live out our faith before the world. So today, as you and I begin our day, number one, may we hold to the center and have the clarity to see where we are enslaved to our flesh, captivated by an idol, or seduced by the world. Know that these enslavements will bring us down. Second, may we become more loving and generous with others. And finally, may we drink deep from the well. May we believe that only Jesus will give us life 
and quench our thirst. Number two, don't listen to these internal voices. Sometimes we listen to the wrong internal voices. These voices can fill your mind with doubt, anxiety, and confusion. You may repeat internally what was said to you years ago. Consider some of the following voices from within. I'm not attractive enough. My husband has made some very critical remarks about my body and appearance. I can't get his words out of my mind. Or, if only I had been given a few breaks like my friend, I would have, I would have had a, a much more fulfilling life. I guess I am doomed to never really experiencing joy. Or, I probably can't do it. I have trouble following through. I'm not very smart, and I can't learn things very easily. Or, I'm stupid. My ex-husband told me this for years, told me for years that I don't get it, and I guess there is something wrong with me. These voices can fill you with doubt, with self-doubt, and self-loathing. These voices can leave you beaten down and defeated. I think about the young wife and mother who looks beaten down and defeated. Her husband is highly impressed with himself, even as he criticizes his wife almost daily. In many ways, he communicates that she just doesn't measure up. Meanwhile, hear these encouraging words from the one who knows our true value. First, you are dearly loved and cherished by God, now and for the rest of your life. Number two, you are valuable to God. You were just as valuable to Him when you uh, were a child as you are now. Your value has not diminished as you age. And third, you are precious to God. Yes, right now. You and I are worth far more than we might ever imagine. These internal voices do not reflect or determine our worth. What counts is the value given to us by God. Number three, the daddy I want to be. We were on vacation and passing through Cherokee, North Carolina. Our two children were small and we had just stopped at a park to eat a picnic lunch. We were at a picnic table eating when we heard a loud commotion from across the park. A man was standing at a picnic table where his family was seated. He was obviously upset and was screaming at one of the children. Everyone in the park seemed to freeze for a moment. Heads turned from the various tables toward this screaming daddy. I don't know what happened. I don't know why he was so upset with his child. I can only imagine how humiliating this moment might have been for this boy. I did know that I never wanted to be this kind of daddy. Charlotte and I have two grown daughters. We also have a terrific son-in-law who is more like a son to us. 
And I've learned much about being a daddy. I've also learned and, and have become more aware that I still have much to learn. One of, the most, one of the most powerful ways a father impacts his children is through the way he treats his wife, their mother. These impressionable children have a front row seat to witness how a Christian father values and cherishes their mother. And yet some boys and girls grow up seeing their daddy do the following. They hear their daddy talk to their mother in a way that is condescending and dismissive. They hear their daddy speak to their mother as if she lacked intelligence. They witness their daddy attempt to use the children to manipulate their mother. They hear their daddy call their mother demeaning names. They see their daddy laugh as he makes fun of their mother. He excuses his small juvenile humor as just joking. And they witness their daddy treat their mother as if she had little worth or value. These behaviors are not Christ-honoring. They're not even manly. These behaviors reveal a father who is actually very weak, insecure, and self-absorbed. Some of these men continue to be little boys in adult bodies. They are small and immature. On the other hand, there are many, many men who are very serious about living as godly men before their spouses and children. They, along with their spouses, are a precious gift to their children. With these daddies, ch children have the following rich experiences. They hear their daddy speak to their mother with tenderness and affection. He obviously cherishes her. They see their daddy live as a servant toward their mother instead of being self-absorbed. He obviously has a servant heart toward her. They see their daddy build up and affirm their mother. He obviously looks for what is good in her. And they overhear their daddy speak of their mother with great value. He obviously esteems her. This is the kind of daddy I want to be. What about you? Whether a dad or mom, we have a rich opportunity to make a kingdom difference. Next, number four, five minutes of pure joy with Tim Keller. And I invite you to look at the little video, which uh, I don't know, we'll just give you some, some insight into Keller's humanity, and it's just a, a joy to see. And finally, etc. And today I have one video about a recent graduate who affirmed some special people on campus. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for reading this particular encouragement note. May God bless what you do this week.